This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. In an interview just a couple of weeks ago, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella made a bold statement for the future of his company and its approach to climate change. He stated that he wanted Microsoft to be carbon negative by 2030, not carbon neutral, but carbon negative. That term is one that we're hearing more about right now. The standard response for most companies has been to reach neutral. So what is carbon negative and is it a reachable goal for Microsoft and other companies? Brian Berkey is an assistant professor. Professor of Legal Studies and Business Ethics here at the Wharton School, and he joins me here in studio. Great to see you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dan. Th- this obviously is drawing a lot of reaction right now, uh, and I guess when you're thinking about the the issues around climate change, when you can make a statement that is even more forward-thinking than just what the norm is in carbon neutral, you're going to draw reaction. You're probably going to draw positive reaction. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I think it was definitely a bold statement. Um, I think no other company kind of, uh, you know, as large and kind of influential as Microsoft has made a statement like this previously. Um, It's a very ambitious aim, but it is probably necessary for companies, you know, like Microsoft and others to um, aim at becoming carbon negative. Uh, I mean, we're really getting to a point where... um, in order to stabilize greenhouse gas concentrations at a level that uh, will avoid kind of disastrous consequences over the next you know, 50 to 100 years, um, we may not be able to do that just by kind of gradually reducing emissions. We may have to um, develop the sorts of technologies that um, Microsoft kind of referenced in, in their statement to, you know, in effect, kind of suck carbon out of the atmosphere or sequester it in some in some way or other. When you talk about making a statement like this, though, this is something, and we've talked numerous times about how companies need to have the buy-in from all of their employees to to reach some of these goals. To do something like this, you're going to have to have incredible buy-in from every employee of the company. Yeah, that seems right. Uh, So, you know, in order to reach the goal of becoming carbon negative, uh, surely, you know, one kind of thing that is going to have to happen throughout the company is that kind of employees kind of in their kind of day to day work lives are going to have to become more aware of the ways in which their uh, actions uh, on behalf of the company might be contributing to emissions and take steps to reduce those contributions. Uh, there are difficult questions about kind of exactly what's going to count as uh, you know, uh, emissions that are kind of attributable to the company sure. that they then have to kind of offset uh, via uh, the various kind of mechanisms that they described. But you know, on any reasonable accounting, um, you know, there are going to have to be significant changes throughout uh, kind of a company's uh, you know kind of day day-to-day procedures uh, in order to reach that kind of ambitious goal. But the the, the actual phrase carbon negative, a, a, as you hear it, a, and as you would define it or other people would define it, that means what? So it means that uh, a company's overall set of actions is such that the amount of greenhouse uh, gases that they release is smaller than the amount that they remove from the atmosphere right. um, in one way or another. So this is why 
carbon sequestration technologies uh, and various forms of, of offsetting are really important. Uh, and again, I mean, there are kind of going to be difficult accounting questions about, um, you know, kind of how exactly to assess whether a company like Microsoft is actually meeting this goal. Um, but uh, the goal itself is kind of best understood as, um, you know, if Microsoft wasn't around and doing everything that it was doing, um, the amount of greenhouse gas in the atmosphere would actually be greater, right? Yeah. Um, assuming that they actually reach this goal that they set for themselves. Is there is it a realistic goal to think that, and, and I think the target they have is 2050, Yeah. Um, that they would like to do this. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned 2030. They would like I to... They want to be neutral by they, 2030. They would like yeah. to be neutral yeah, yeah, yeah. and maybe headed towards negative. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then by 2050, really yeah. have made the, the full right. implementation of the changes. But yeah. it, is that realistic? And again, part of that is also going to have to be working with their partners that they already do business with. And Satya Nadella, in, in the blog post that they put out after this, they note that they are willing to work with the oil and gas partners that they have mm-hmm. to try and change this around as well, which, again, talk about bold statements. There's another piece to a bold statement. Yeah. So, I mean, it's unclear exactly how they might be able to kind of work with the oil and gas companies, uh, at least as those companies are kind of currently operating and the kinds of business plans that they seem to have for the next, uh, you know, 10 to 20 years, uh, you know, uh, in a way that would actually kind of contribute to this goal. So that's one reason to be a, a little bit kind of skeptical about um, how realistic this goal is. Um, but again, I mean, it's kind of, it's also this accounting issue, right? So, yeah. you know, um, if Microsoft kind of says, uh, well, you know, the emissions that are caused by, uh, you know, the activities of, you know, Shell or BP that we're working with are not attributable to us. Those are right. kind of Shell or BP's emissions, and we're just kind of providing them various kinds of logistical support. Uh, but like those emissions don't count on our ledger. Right. Then, um, I mean, that's one kind of way in which, um, you know, people who uh, might initially be kind of excited about this announcement might come to think, well, you know, uh, that there's there might be something to be a little bit troubled by. Well, still. And, and I think not only that element of it, it is also the reverse of mm-hmm. changes that might occur from a company like Shell or BP yeah. and Microsoft saying, mm-hmm. yeah, well, we helped them with mm-hmm. A, B and C. Yeah. So we're going to take credit for this it, in, right. in the process. So, again, it, it's it's a very unique, I, I think, set of parameters, mm-hmm. which obviously Satya Nadella did not lay out yeah. at this point, and no surprise, and, mm-hmm. and probably better for the company that he didn't lay that out, just to have that kind of overarching goal instead of laying down the mm-hmm. actual numbers of how they're going to go about doing this. No, I think that's right. And I think it's fine initially to, uh, you know, not lay out kind of in detail exactly what the criteria are going to be and exactly what all of the kind of detailed plans are, because uh, one thing that this does is kind of open up a public conversation about, uh, well, okay, you know, we've got this goal uh, that Microsoft has announced of kind of becoming carbon negative. Well, how exactly should we understand that, right? Um, you know, which emissions need to be kind of attributed to Microsoft and, you know, then kind of offset in order uh, for them to kind of reasonably claim that they've actually achieved this goal in a way that we have reason to to, to care about so, and to endorse. So yeah. that means that, that Microsoft, you're going to hear more from them in the years to come about what they are doing to try and reach these goals, whatever those goals may be, they have to be able to be out there on a more consistent basis delivering that message so that it doesn't end up being 
okay, Satya Nadella made this statement, and it's really kind of fallen through the fallen through the cracks over the last few years. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I think people are going to be paying attention uh, to see, uh, you know, the way in which they either do or don't kind of follow through in a serious way on this. Uh, the environmental community, I think, is going to be kind of paying attention uh, to what Microsoft does going forward. And, you know, I do think overall, I mean, it's quite encouraging that they kind of open themselves up to, um, you know, what's likely to be the kind of increased scrutiny of what they're doing that's going to result uh, from claiming that they're going to achieve this goal or that they're at least aiming for it. it. It also comes at a time where Microsoft has obviously been dealing with a lot of issues in-house, employee issues, culture issues. And, and to a degree, it, it makes you feeling that while they are making this great statement and, and is fantastic, that there's also part of this that is a little bit of PR to try and take the mind off of the negative and try and focus on the positive. Yeah, I mean, surely that kind of entered into the decision-making process. Uh, you know, it's going to get them some uh, kind of uh, positive publicity at a time when there are kind of other issues going on that might, uh, you know, generate not so positive publicity. Um, but, you know, if the result of this is that, um, you know, they have kind of opened themselves up to greater public pressure to actually follow through on this really important commitment, uh, I think overall it's still a good thing. This may be a, a hard question to, to answer, but I'll, I'll ask it anyway. When you think about a company like Microsoft and the size of it is, that it is global that it is what are some of the areas that maybe they you think should focus on in order to to reduce that carbon footprint yeah i mean that's really hard to say it's kind of outside of my uh kind of area yeah. of of expertise um i mean one thing that they did say in uh in i think the statement that was released uh was that they are going to invest um i can't remember the number but it was kind of in the billions into research into uh things like carbon sequestration technology yeah um which is really important and you know more and more i think experts are uh kind of coming to accept that um this is something that we're really going to need to develop uh, in a serious way in not a lot of time uh, if we're going to avoid, uh, you know, going kind of well over the kind of two degree, uh, you know, limit that a lot of uh, of the climate scientists endorse. And certainly if we're going to have any chance of uh, staying under the 1.5 degree limit, which there are actually reasons to think we really should be aiming at, uh, it's getting to be harder and harder to see how we could achieve that goal without something like uh, some pretty significant breakthroughs in um, uh, things like sequestration technology. Brian Berkey of the Wharton School joining us here in studio. We're talking about the pronouncement by Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, that he would like to see the company carbon negative, not even carbon neutral, but carbon negative. So when you're thinking about this process as a whole, obviously, as we said at the top, the terminology and the focus, I think, has been primarily carbon neutral. Mm -hmm. This really, and correct me if I'm wrong, seems like it's the first time we're really hearing carbon negative kind of come into, into our vernacular at this point. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, I think uh, for a long time there has been talk of companies kind of becoming carbon neutral at some point in the future. And the thought is something like, uh, you know, 
this is a goal to work towards so that at some point, uh, you know, your company uh, is not contributing any further to the problem. Uh, one of the striking things about uh, Microsoft's statement is that um, they said that part of their aim is once they become carbon negative to remove as much carbon from the atmosphere uh, as the company has emitted since its uh, founding in 1975. So, uh, I mean, one way of putting that is um, they're aiming to make it the case that uh, over the entire history of the company from 1975 until whenever they kind of reach the goal, they will have been carbon neutral, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, they have a period early on where their emissions grow and grow, and then they kind of uh, um, reach this goal of becoming carbon negative. Yeah. And, you know, once they are carbon negative um, over a significant period of time, the aggregate emissions from the company over the entire course of its existence, the net emissions yeah. um, would be zero if they reach that goal. And that, you know, you might think is a way of kind of acknowledging a certain kind of ethical responsibility that companies might plausibly have in light of the possibility of kind of investing in developing deploying things like sequestration technologies or kind of carbon removal technologies yeah. uh, to kind of rectify the kind of emissions that uh, the company you might think has wrongfully um, engaged in uh, at least since you know say the 80s when it became kind of widely known that climate change was a problem if you'd like to give us your thoughts on this move by Microsoft you can give us a call at 844 Wharton 844-942-7866 Dave is down in Florida with a comment Dave go ahead sir hi good morning gentlemen um, I just tuned in I hope I'm not redundant I I, I just wanted to say that this decision by Microsoft is is phenomenal and um, obviously uh, rooted in the business case. It's not altruism. It, it pencils out. But, um, you know, I've heard the number expressed many, many ways. The transition to, um, you know, uh, non-fossil fuels and a clean energy economy is estimated to be $10 trillion globally. That's the most conservative estimate I've ever heard of the opportunity uh, that 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 is uh, baked into the transition itself. I mean, um, you know, new technologies, solar and wind are already winning fair and square in the market, and still getting better and cheaper uh, by the day and week and year. And and that's just the tip of the iceberg. The solutions will take myriad forms, of course, and and almost I mean, so many of them are separate industries unto themselves. It's just really yep. a gargantuan opportunity. And I appreciate you, the, the uh, topic. Dave, thanks very much. And, and we hadn't really even gotten into this a little bit, but let's touch on this. And playing off of what Dave said is, is that, sure, th there is a, an altruistic side to this story, but this is also a business decision as well. And I, I think we forget, we've talked about this on this channel uh, numerous times about the fact that all of these different elements, wind, solar, you know, all the different developments, these are all going to be the businesses of the future, the successful businesses of the future. It's not just like you're dipping your toe into the water a little bit. You're getting ready to take the full dive into the deep end of the pool. Yeah. So, I mean, one thing that we might think is going on here is that, uh, you know, companies like Microsoft are kind of uh, making a bet on um, both changes that are likely to occur in the energy industry overall uh, over the next you know 10 to 
40 years. Yeah. Um, and also making a bet on kind of increasing public concern about uh, climate change related issues uh, so that there will be kind of benefits for um, the company in the marketplace, um, you know, insofar as they're kind of a, a widely recognized leader on the issue. Um, and these things matter. Um, it's, you know, kind of a good thing if there is, uh, you know, a kind of um, sense among companies uh, and kind of key decision makers that, um, you know, there is going to be this kind of public pressure and there are kind of uh, business reasons to to make these decisions. Um, it's not true for every company. Uh, I mean, seeing, you know, what the fossil fuel industry, you know, is planning to do over the next, uh, you know, 12 years or so in yeah. terms of kind of increasing uh, oil and gas extraction and, you know, uh, and so on. Um, you know, it seems like they're trying to kind of get as much out of uh, kind of uh, opportunities for oil and gas extraction before uh, some of these changes that I just mentioned take place. But do you think then, uh, are you then cautiously optimistic when when you get a statement like this from from a CEO that has these grand ideas? Are, are you, where are you yeah. on the scale of optimism right now? I mean, somewhere in the middle, right? I mean, I think there are reasons to be uh, a bit more optimistic. Young people clearly care more and more about this issue. Um, the challenge is that um, there are powerful interests that are continuing to be resistant to the kinds of changes that we need. Uh, and it's kind of an open question whether those on the other side who are kind of more and more embracing um, these changes for a wide variety of reasons, ethical business opportunities and so on, um, you know, are going to be able to, uh, you know, do enough to, um, you know, prevent things from, uh, you know, getting, uh, you know, uh, getting, you know, as bad as they might they might get over yeah. the next 30 to 50 years if we, you know, yeah. if we don't curb emissions uh, pretty significantly and pretty quickly. Brian, great to talk to you. Thanks very much. Thanks a lot, really appreciate it. Brian Berkey, Assistant Professor of Legal Studies and Business Ethics here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.